0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Low Fidelity Podcast. I'm your host, Rizwan. So a friend recently reached out to me after a few years, and the timing was just right, because I was looking for my first guest on this podcast. His name is Luis Salguero, and he is a designer based in Melbourne in all transparency this was the second time we spoke because I actually messed up the recording the first time around because I wasn't I did not know what I was doing and I didn't have the right setup and so there was some real big challenges with the sound and uh, so I kept trying to fix it but it was just was not working and Luckily, Lewis was generous enough to offer to have the conversation again. And so this was our second time around in the, in the conversation. We talk about, you know, how various interests, having various interests can help us become better designers. You'll also get a peek into what a learning experience designer does. And we also talk about mentoring junior designers and how that is a rewarding experience for them. We also talk about the importance of refilling your creative reserves and also being open-minded with opportunities you get to help you build a great career. So without further ado, here's the conversation.
1: My name is Luis Salguero. I'm a user experience gone into the dark side. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I work as a uh, learning experience um, for KBR. And um, it's a very interesting role because I get to do a lot of things that um, are not only related to um, usability, but um, graphics, engineering drawings, and anything that um, the company requires. So I'm multi-skilled. I started off as a graphic designer many, many moons ago back in 2001, as a matter of fact. And then I learned web design, which was the logical um, um, uh, next step in the career, I suppose. I use software packages such as micromedia, uh, um flash and dreamweaver so that's how far back I go in the arts then I learn how to do engineering drawing as well because we do a lot of contract work for the Australian navy so I'm sort of like still in that military environment i am a i'm a veteran as well so it's sort of like the military doesn't want to let me go even though i'm a civilian Um, I am married, I have two teenage boys, and to keep my sanity, I do Spartan, Spartan the obstacle course race, and um, we have a dog, and somehow the dog is not here with me today, which is fine, probably chasing his mom around the house.
0: Um, Your design journey, how did you um, arrive at learning experience? Uh, What was your path that you took?
1: I was thrown into it because our company, um, when they get a contract, there's certain requirements that you got to fulfill. And there was a couple of guys who left beforehand And they needed someone to fill in the void. And my boss approached me and he said, how would you like to um, do some e-learning? Because there's a massive contract that we got for a new vessel in the um, Australian Navy. So I thought about it. And it was actually quite logical for me to do that because... I taught as an instructor mechanical engineering back in the day, way back when. So that's something that I was familiar with. And I've been doing it for a while now, and I'm getting a lot of enjoyment out of it.
0: Nice. So how, uh, how would you say your background in mechanical engineering has helped you where you are right now?
1: Because everything is technical. And there's a lot of manual, like user manuals that you uh, have to look at. So, for example, if there's a module about radios, you know, there's a user manual that you have to look up. And as you look the content, you know, um, you read it all, things start to make sense especially because I've got that engineering background, I usually work by uh, keywords. Like, you know, for example, if you're talking about frequency, you know, you you look up the the word frequency and then you start piecing it all together from there. But the good thing is that you usually go by storylines. You've got a storyline and you don't need a persona because you know who your audience is going to be. Generally, young sailors—you know, between the ages of eighteen to say thirty-five—so the personas are already uh, well established within the um, the um, the lesson or the plan. But you have to uh, be very, very careful. Just going back to finding keywords, you got to make sure that those keywords actually correspond. the content that you're trying to bring into the lesson. Okay, so it's a fair bit of reading sometimes and it has to be done fast if you know what I mean.
0: Yeah, so is there uh, any content design um, part of your daily work?
1: Most definitely. Most definitely because um, when I'm giving the storyboard I'm giving the, the sometimes I'm giving the written content to place and create hierarchies and chapters and so forth. But at the same time, the visuals that they give you are probably not really good. So that's where I come in, I find better resources, or I, having that graphic design background, manage to better the visual content. I'll give you an example. Um, Say a small photo, right? it could be a very low res type photograph and you enhance it with Photoshop or you, if it is a simple photo, you can also uh, just not only enhance it, but you can bring in other elements by using other software packages, such as Illustrator. You know, For example, if you wanna say, okay, this is a valve and you can draft or you can draw that arrowhead pointing to the valve and put a word next to it, do you know what I mean? So there's so many possibilities, it's so um, um, vast and diverse. And also, uh, content development or content creation can be from scratch, you know? um, We use packages such as Animate, Illustrator, you name it, anything we can get our hands on, we use. I've had my own private clients, You know, when I was freelancing and um, it was an interesting time. But because of obviously having young children and all that, I sort of like just put it back on the back burner. I need to focus on my family. But at the same time, I was also studying. You know, that's when I did my... um, um, interaction design specialization with um, UC San Diego via Coursera. It was one of those things that I had to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning on a Saturday and Sunday to do assignments. Um, and that led me to other things, you know. you know, um, um, And um, I picked up some clients because once they know that you've been you know, you've got an education, people come and say, oh, can you do this for me? Can you do this for us? And I go like, okay. okay. Um, so I've done work in the financial industries, the beauty industries, um, the fitness industry as well. So I'm sort of like, you know, just familiar with those um, niches, should I say. Um, ideally, I like to get into um, probably, I like a lot of product, product design, and I did a professional certificate uh, with um, TU Delft online, of course, all the studies that I've done are online, uh, through a um, an online portal called edX, and they've got so many courses that you can do, um, and I like to try product design on a higher level, but I'm more into the sporting side of things. So that'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few years. Nice.
0: So um, so you talked about edX and uh, Coursera. How, is the, how are those uh, programs, uh, can you share your experience with those?
1: It's funny, though, because now that I'm on the other side of the fence, I'm the one designing the e-learning for, um, for students. Having that experience with edX and Coursera has actually helped me understand how to develop uh, intuitive and logical training packages. Because when you're learning online, you find many um, uh, pain points. And then because you find them and you identify them, you try not to make the same mistakes. So, Learning online has actually helped me um, learn how to refine the process a little bit better, which is good because the nice. last thing you want is students not getting the content or not passing because it's something that you've done poorly, if you know what I mean. Because at the end of the day, you care about what you do, you care about them achieving, you know, not only the results but doing it in a way that is actually. Um, You know, um, well, that's purposeful. That's the word Mm -hmm. I'm. I'm gonna use purpose. You know what I mean? Not just pass the grade and say, "Oh, yeah, I just passed. I don't care. Move on to the next thing." No, you have to feel happy with what you've done. Yeah,
0: and I think that's what you were talking about. Mentoring is, you know, it brings a purpose to, you know, your your life as well, and helping others and seeing them succeed and you know you know change their lives that is rewarding just to see that happen so it's uh, definitely a a great thing to to help out wherever you can or however you can nice yeah no that's really interesting um i know you've done also done some uh, mentoring as well um in your career and you're actually doing it right now. Um, can you talk a little bit about
1: that? Mentoring is my way of giving back to the community because I remember when I was studying, there was not a lot of guidance for me. I had to learn everything the hard way. And back in 19, six, no, I mean 1916, I think it was, probably late 15, there was an ad that came up on, on LinkedIn from a university here in Melbourne called RMIT. And they were looking for professionals from different um, industries to come in and help him guide their students to bring them up. And, then, and, and I was talking to a friend of mine at that time, and, and he said, Lewis, you realize you'd be pretty good at this. And I said to him, I think it'll be worth giving it a go. So I applied and that was successful. And I've been helping students, not only in terms of um, their technical skills, because sometimes you talk about techniques, you talk about procedures, how to do things on um, using software, for example, but also try to guide them and put their minds at ease, because obviously when when you're studying, Sometimes to, well sometimes to become uh, worried about your grades or where you're going, whether you're enjoying your course, and I played the role of Big Brother. I just sit down and listen to their concerns and try to be, bring a bit of perspective in, into, their, um, into the conversation. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, can you share some of the concerns that the that you've seen, or are there any common themes that you've noticed?
1: Yes, for example, I've had a lot of international students. Um, they come from countries such as uh, Malaysia, China, um, India. But not only do they have to deal with the fact that they're living in a foreign country here in Australia obviously culture wise is different they're missing the friends and family back home and also the course work can be so overwhelming at times you're trying to get them to take a deep breath and say okay what's bothering you right now is there something that i can help you with and and that's when they start telling you things you know for example oh you know i'm failing in this module because this is not happening for me, for example, visual, right? And that's when I come in and say, okay, have you looked at these resources? And I provide, um, for example, links um, and other websites and content that can help them get past that um, uh, difficulty they're having. And generally, they come back and tell me that what I show them, has actually helped them get over that obstacle that they were facing here.
0: Nice. Um, how how would you say that it has um, helped you as well? You know, usually uh, when you mentor other people, it's an opportunity for you know for us to grow as well. Um, can you share a little bit about that?
1: Well, they say that the best way of learning is teaching someone else. And by teaching them or showing them things that I've already know, learned or things that I know, it's it's a form of validation that I'm on the right path myself and that my journey is actually um, meant something. I don't know whether that makes sense, you know what I mean? When you you've been there, done that, right? And you're sharing it with someone else. And then you see that they are succeeding, it actually validates all the effort that I put in. And that makes me want to do more for them. And also, it makes me want to grow more by learning new skills, maybe, or refining the ones I've got. And I've, I feel that that's kept me hungry for knowledge because I've hit the books and I'm learning many other skills you know like for example one of my favorite things at the moment is architecture and urban development and i'm still studying and doing short courses here and there in order to learn but what's what's funniest is the fact that all those design skills like from urban development or architecture are transferable to user experience graphic design visual design web design and you know, a lot of other niches in the design industry.
0: Um, Can you talk about, um, you know, I'm sure you've come across a lot of challenges in your design career. Are there any that stand out to you? And if you are open to sharing them?
1: Challenges? Yes, there's there's been quite a few. Um, One of them will be because of the ever-changing nature of the work I do, I had to learn different software packages. I had to go out of my comfort zone a few times in order to not only learn the tools of the trade, but also learn the methodologies and make sure that what you're delivering is, you know, uh, above expectations so... Yeah, the, the the learning curve is quite steep at times. Um, I guess also um, being in a in a place where you have to deal with different types of personalities, you have to learn how to um, not take things personal, and also try to bring humor into your um, interaction with other people as well, just to diffuse any potential. Um, you know, um, potential um, misunderstandings, I guess. You know, because sometimes people perceive things differently depending on how you, um, your, your personality is. You know, for example, there's people who are audible, visual, you know, kinetic, or, you know, I don't know whether that's the right word, but anyway, just making that up. Mm, yeah. <laughs> anyway, just making it sound good. <laughs> yeah. But we have All different right. learning styles as well, so...
0: Yeah, you talked about uh, not taking things personal. Personally, um, what are what are some ways that we can, you know, overcome taking things personally? And because I feel like that's a a uh, that's a pretty big block that designers have when they're starting out. It is they're so so close to their work that. You know, any critique or feedback feels like it's an attack on their work. Um, Any thoughts on that?
1: Yes. Yes. Number one, just see it as a stepping stone. You know, people are going to be throwing rocks at you, right? Right? but instead of throwing them back, just use them to start building that platform that's gonna take you higher. And secondly, people generally comment on your work, not on your personality. Taking a deep breath and and stepping away from, from that helps you. Um, Keep perspective, if you know what I mean. Like if you're too close to the fire, you're going to get burned kind of thing. So when someone says something um, that you don't quite agree with, take a deep breath and ask and ask them to give you more feedback because maybe the initial statement wasn't exactly, didn't come out right, wasn't right, but if they elaborate more on what they mean, then you'll go, ah, okay, so that's what they really mean. So it's about asking questions as well. And generally when you well when I get up in the morning, I always ask, What's the best way to show up in the world today? How can I make my day and someone else's day better? So you gotta ask yourself these questions because if you do it regularly, your attitude will change. You start getting to know yourself on a deeper level, and that means that when someone says something that you don't quite agree with, you won't take it personal because you know who you are. You need to develop that security within yourself, and also, um, I guess, uh, once you start feeling more self-assured, it'll show out in the world. You know, you won't even have to open your mouth, and people would know. That you know who you really
0: are. Yeah, uh, definitely. I think that's a great way to to build the confidence and not to take things personally. To you know, to be able to filter the feedback as well, because uh, you don't always have to take the the feedback that others other people give to you. You can take what you need, and then you know you can leave the rest. And you know you also. Are, have to be in the right mindset f- to receive the feedback as well. So making sure all that is um, aligned and, you know, if you're, if you're not in the right mindset, maybe you, you know, wait a few days or, you know, however long you need to and come back to the feedback to um, address it and to take what you need from it.
1: One example is when you get written feedback, say, via email, and the words that were chosen were not exactly in line with your idea of ways of communicating, right? And instead of shooting back straight away, that's the perfect time when you go, okay, I'm not going to respond. Not now. I'm going to get myself a cup of coffee. I'm going to you know, take a break. Or I could even go for a walk. But I will not respond. And if it takes a day or two to respond, so be it. But find a way to be kind because you don't know whether the person on the other side had a bad day or something horrible happened to them. And and that could be a cry for um attention, maybe. So and this is something that I learned myself because I used to go, Ah, oh, I'm gonna fire back you know, kinda of like <laughs> like a missile, you know what I mean? And that's how you start a war. But in reality, if you become objective and give yourself that distance, you know, and that time to think it over, you not only are you showing your, um, should I say, class and style and decorum, but also you're not creating a new enemy. You're creating someone who could potentially bring so many good things into your life with their honesty. Also, there's, there's something that I need to say, this one. When my students are in a the funk, they're feeling low, I tell them to get moving. Mm. I always advise, okay, if you're feeling frustrated, if you're feeling that you're not achieving the things that you want or the results that you want, do something, physical, dance, sing, go out for a walk, exercise, because that helps them clear the mind. And I'll give you an example. One of my latest um, students, she was really, really feeling the lockdown here in Melbourne because obviously we've had the longest and harshest lockdown uh, rules in the world. Right? And she was feeling a little bit... Um, and closed, you know, like in, like she was in a jail cell and she couldn't see her friends and all that. You no, know? and I said to her, We are still allowed to go out for two hours of exercise, get out of the house, get some sunlight, get some air, okay, and you, you will see that your mind will slow right down to the point that all the troubles that you're experiencing will become less and less, but you need to move, you need to um, focus on yourself, and um, that's what I'm doing also, because um, it's something that we need to do as designers, because we are always creating, we are always coming up with ideas, we are always um, finding solutions, so we're just just exuding that energy. We, at some point, need to get some of that back.
0: So you talked a little bit about um, some of your personal philosophy and how you approach life. Can you share a little bit more about how you approach different situations? Maybe it's your mindset that you're in and something that you know, would help others to approach their work, their life.
1: When I grew up, and this is going to be very personal, when I grew up, there was a lot of trauma in my life. And I was a very, very angry young man growing up. But through a little bit of introspection and self-awareness, I found the source of anger. Right. So what I'm saying is that you have to get to know yourself. You have to Understand what triggers you, okay? So when a situation arises, you know how to handle that with kindness. You know, um, and you got to give that inner child because everyone's got an inner child that's gone through so much. You have to give that inner child that hug and that encouragement and that love that, he or she deserves. There's a there's an old maxim. Charity begins at home. So you will never get uh, that charity unless you start giving it yourself. No one else will give it to you. You have to start giving it to yourself. And you start building from there. So what I'm trying to say with difficult situations, because I'm still dealing with I'm still dealing with a lot of potentially um, um, hostile situations. That's when I take a deep breath. And then that's when I just remind myself that violence or anger is not the way to deal with it. And I'm really, really winning the battle one step at a time. Because the world needs kindness. We've been fighting. We've been disagreeing. And we've been, you know, know, uh, finding reasons to be hostile to one another you know and and I guess humor I always come back to humor because if you can make someone laugh they won't be your enemy yeah <laughs> just bring that element of light and, and and you know people love that when you're in the in the service that's a good way to make friends if you're in a tough situation you crack a joke and you get everyone laughing then <laughs> No one can stay mad at you so
0: you know you you mentioned that uh, the pandemic has hit you know Melbourne really pretty hard. Um, how has that affected your
1: work? Oh, well, obviously because we couldn't go to the office, we had to do everything uh, remote, so we need to so we needed to develop methodologies in order to deliver that um, That work on a daily basis. KBI gave us a a laptop, you know, and, you know, many um, bits of equipment to take home. But one of the biggest issues that I found is the lack of communication because if you are talking to someone via email, there's so many ways the conversation can go. Teams was also a very good um, tool to use, you know, for conferencing and and so forth to to stay connected. But not being able to get up from your desk and go and ask someone else for advice was probably one of the hardest things. Because if you're doing a, a, a job for someone who's in the office, you got a question. You get up, you go and see them, you talk to them, and they can tell you straight away. But when you're communicating via Zoom or you, you know, ringing them on the phone, you know, it sometimes I, f- I found it a little bit difficult because there were so many things that could be misunderstood. So, I guess asking questions and asking relevant questions has actually helped me deal with any possible misunderstandings while working remotely. Isolation is probably not an issue for me because obviously, while in lockdown, I could see my son walking to the fridge. I could see my other son just jumping up and down in his bedroom, talking to his friends and dancing. Or my dog, you know, just next to me. Or my wife telling me about, you know, um, a recipe that she found or... Or something that she 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 wants, you know. So I wasn't alone during lockdown. And it was actually quite nice having my family together at the same time. So in that respect, it was it was good. But knowing that I couldn't go anywhere, uh, for example, there's a lake here in 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 my side of the city called Listerfield Lake. There's hills. There's bands, there's so much foliage and wildlife. I love going to Listerfield like for a long run, you know, and I couldn't do that. And that really messed me up. And I'm still trying to recover, um, fitness wise from not being able to go there. So psychologically, sort of like put me back a little bit because I always, um, went there on a Sunday morning to run with my friends. You know, we, we would do like six and a half, seven and a half, eleven 11 kilometers, 10 kilometers. And just being around other people was, was really good. And I found that that cleared my mind. and Because your mind is like a bucket. If you keep putting things in all the time, it's going to overflow. And you won't be able to put any more ideas in. But by running and clearing all those things out of my head, I got new ideas and inspiration, you know, and actually, um, I'm trying to get back into it again.
0: Yeah. No, I think, I think th- you earlier, you mentioned how we, you know, we empty our minds and, uh, because of the work we do. So we have to refill, uh, refill our, uh, creativity and mind mindsets. Um, so yeah, so, you also have to uh, make sure that it's, um, you know, you're filling it up to not just, you know, uh, using it up and doing these activities, whether it's running, um, meeting people and talking to them and just, you know, rejuvenates, you, uh, reju- you re- rejuvenate yourself. Ooh. So that, I think that's a great way. Um, and yeah, no, it was my experience too uh, when we had the lockdown over here not being able to, you know, go running with the the group of runners and, you know, going to the trails and all that. So it was definitely, um, it definitely affected me as well. And so it, it, you know, slowly we're getting back and uh, getting back to the routine of running and still haven't been able to run with the group, but, uh, you know, it's, it's slowly getting there, but I know, um, you know, Melbourne has been hit pretty hard and it has some pretty stringent uh, – it has a stringent lockdown. Um, So, yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, you're able to go out and, you know, get the – you know, go for a run, go for a walk and do that more often and hopefully it gets easier for you.
1: Yeah, uh, look, you know, we, we are coming back to life slowly. But um, being, like, almost kind of felt like being under house arrest. Um, it will be a while before we get back to um, a uh, an element of normality, if that makes any sense. But also, you have to be optimistic. And you have to look into the future. And wherever you are in your career, you need to know that that's not always going to be where you're going to be. I mean, in my case, I mean, looking, you know, I'm doing, you know, learning experience, you're learning now. Who's to say that tomorrow I might be doing something completely different, like product design? You know, I mean, my dream job will be working for someone like Nike. Do you know what I mean? Or, or working in architecture or developing, you know, like um, apps or smart systems or who knows? I mean, I, don't, I never place any limits on your ability. Don't think that this is your little square that life is giving you. Don't place any limits on that. Just ask yourself, how good can it get? Go out there and make it happen. Don't sit at home and and feel sorry because you've been cooked up at home because of the of a lockdown. yeah, it's been hard, but hey, think about tomorrow man good stuff is gonna happen, but you gotta keep bringing it back into your life by thinking about it. What you think on or what you focus on is what you bring about,
0: yeah, I think that's a great uh great way to put it. And, you know, even though this is a, we're talking about the pandemic, you know, similar, um, thoughts and feelings come, happen when you're not happy with where you're working. And, you know, you feel like you're stuck. You're in this, um, you know, in, in, in these walls and you don't, you can't see your way out. So it's, you know, that's, it can be also applied over there where there is another, there are other opportunities. Uh, other companies that, you know, that are better fit for you. So that we shouldn't just think that this is it and this yeah. is the way it's going to be. There's always a better, better opportunity out there.
1: We are all born with incredible amounts of genius. When we're born, we are limitless, right? Society has a tendency to... Just reduce that as we go along. I think as designers, we use imagination. You know, we got to start thinking outside that box, man. We got to start thinking about crazy stuff. You know, hey, you know, you never know. You could be working for NASA or something like that. Why not? Someone else is doing it. Why not you? Why not me?
0: Yeah. Definitely. it is, yeah. It's, we we need to open our minds and you know think of the limitless possibilities instead of thinking, okay, this is my lot lot in life and this is what I'm going to be. You know, we need to break break free of that kind of thinking, and you know, maybe we need to put in more effort, learn some new skills, and you know, try some new new ways of working and. Try new ways to approach life, new opportunities and all, you know, always be open to possibilities and opportunities. So, you know, I like to say yes to any opportunity. And I think being open, um, you know, if, if you're open to opportunities, I feel like more opportunities will come for you or come to you in your life.
1: Can I can I say something to you, One Sure. I was feeling pretty low this morning, and I'll be honest with you. Right? I felt like that dreaded imposter syndrome just hit me this morning. I'm thinking, who am I to log on and tell everyone what to do? And and yada yada, you know how your mind just plays tricks on you. And you know what I you know what I did? What? I just picked up the vacuum cleaner and I started vacuuming the house. I was <laughs> moving. Yeah, exactly. You know I mean? and, and as I felt every single bit of carpet getting cleaner and looking better, my whole persona, my whole aura just changed because I've achieved something so mundane because instead of just sitting on that bed or on that chair feeling sorry for myself thinking oh who am i to say you know or tell anyone what to do you know instead of thinking along those lines i just go no bugger it i'm gonna do something i'm gonna get up from my chair and you know and i felt 20 50 times better action man
0: i know i've fallen to that uh, you know the, the negative thought patterns, you know, the imposter syndrome, the inferiority complex, and, you know, all those, <laughs> you know, all the things that that we, we get attacked with on a daily basis. And, and, you know, that's a great reminder to take action, whether it's, you know, you're changing your thinking and not, you know, continuing in that thought pattern, whether you're moving your body, whether you're, you know, changing your, you know, where you are, moving around, you know, or even taking action and, and you know, challenging yourself, learning something new to get out of the situation you're in. So instead of, like you said, um, feeling sorry for ourselves and, you know, continuing in that negative thought pattern. I know you have, you've had some really great advice, you know. Um, what would you share with designers who are just starting out in their career?
1: Be um, open-minded. And I guess design is like a river. You're just going to let the current take you. It's good to have an idea as to where you want to go, but it is never a straight line. There's going to be things that are going to happen in your life, you know, whether that's personal or in my case was career-wise because obviously there was requirements from the company to do certain jobs. Um, so keep that ending in mind, you know, just be open, you know, and um, meditate and clear your mind, you know, just... Um, learn new skills, you know, whether you you do a short course. You know, Udemy is always good to do those little courses, you know, that eventually add up to something bigger. edX is always great. That's always been one of my favorites. Coursera is always good too. You know, whatever, it doesn't matter what, even if you log on to YouTube and look up how to draw, you know, uh, or how to... uh, you know, create a user flow, but that is moving you forward. YouTube is great for um, learning stuff for nothing; you don't pay a cent, and people are out there sharing their knowledge, man. So hey, you know, the possibilities are endless. But it's up to you. You know, keep you know, keep your mind open, learn new skills, you know, be positive, you know, uh, and just. Listen, listen to not only what other people are saying to you, but listen to yourself. And the only way you're going to listen to yourself is by being quiet.
0: Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, you know, speaking of meditation, is such a great way to, again, understand that, you know, the thoughts we, we have are not who we are. And, you know, it, it creates that separation between our thoughts and ourselves. And so, you know, for example, where we talked about taking feedback, you know, we don't get hung up with what was said. We we have some space to look at it objectively and, you know, see what we need to take from it. And so there's definitely some great uh, applications for, you know, the benefits of mindfulness within design.
1: Poetry is always something that's helped me, as well. I'm a bit of a hobby writer. Oh, nice! Um, because you know, one day I'm hoping to write a book, but because of Netflix, then new Netflix. <laughs> 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 oh, good
0: Nice. Can you talk about a you know a book that has a bit has had a, an influence in your life or Maybe it's some person,
1: or there is a, a motivational um, speaker by the name of Dean Dean Graciosi. He's generally on stage with Tony Robbins, and he came from a very humble background in upstate New York. He tells you know us of a time when he was growing up. They had to sleep inside the bus stove because they were so poor they couldn't heat their house during winter. But because of his personality, which is something that I really want to emulate, he had this magnetic personality and he started sort of like finding ways to um, uh, learn new skills. Like, for example, he bought his, his father's auto shop and he started making money, and he started saving that money to buy real estate, to the point that he became really big in real estate. And then, obviously, he he wanted to share his knowledge with the world. He put a um, a training course together for you know to help people, you know, obviously, you know, achieve something in their lives. Lo and behold, he's as I said to you, sharing a stage with Donald Robbins, which is another one of my favorites. I really like his stuff. And um, when I read him or when I see any of his posts on my social media, that reminds me that that's what I need to aim at. It doesn't matter where you come from. What matters is where you're going. And the only way you're going to get there is by constantly reminding you that that's the direction you want to take. Um, there is another um, author that I really, really like, um, and his name is Greg Braden. He's more into spirituality, and he's, he's on stage with Dr. Uh, Joe Dispenza. He broke his back, and he was told he couldn't walk. And he went inside of himself, like meditation, introspection and all that. He found a way to cure himself. And the third amigo, because they call themselves the free amigos, is uh, Dr. Bruce Lipton. And he talks a lot about um, your thoughts, how your thoughts create your reality, but not only in terms of physical um, wealth and so forth, but also attracting people and circumstances that can help you achieve what you want in life and achieve a um, a higher state of consciousness as well. So those are my four favorites. Um, I haven't read anything lately. I've been watching a lot of um, documentaries. And this is a good segue for my favorite called Enlightenment documentary, it's called Enlightenment Documentary, right? It's by Anthony Sheen, or Sheeny, in, um, it's on YouTube. And that documentary, I've probably played it at least 21 times already, every morning when I'm feeling a little bit, eh, I listen to it. And these are people who, who he interviews and they speak about quantum jumping Do you know what quantum jumping is? No. Quantum jumping is when you, for example, you're stuck in your job and you're stuck in this little box, right? You know, by meditation, introspection, all that, you can get to the point that you get that aha moment that can actually propel you to something higher and something greater. And that's the reason why I listen to this or I watch this documentary while I'm working. I've got the laptop and I'm working away. Because you always pick something new. It doesn't matter how many times I've watched it, I always learn something new from it. You have to stay motivated. You have to stay hungry. So that's the sort of stuff you need to put into your mind. Because what you focus on, you attract.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that's I think that's uh, exactly right. Cool. What we think about is... We'll ha- you know the way we the way we move uh, towards that and and you know it's the my, having a strong mindset it will help us get through the challenges that we face and so the more we are aware of ourselves and um, our strengths weaknesses and how we um, you know how we go about uh, our day Better it is for us to do our work, and the more we can show up the right way and do our best work. Cool. Um, so, how can um, the listeners uh, find out, find out more about you?
1: I am on LinkedIn. Um, if you look up Luis Salguero, um, and I am on weeks, and I think that's about it. I've been very lazy this one. I mean, I'm supposed to be up get, updating my CV and putting all this new flashy stuff that I've been doing. But just <laughs> by the time I, I, I you know, I, I think the time the weekend comes, you know, the last thing you want to do is be on like a computer. Exactly. So I apologize yeah. to, to the <laughs> listeners or the viewers. I mean, I'm sorry, guys. Lacy, my bad. <laughs> nah. But that's where you can find me.
0: Thank you so much, Lois, for joining me on the show. It was a pleasure speaking with you. And I know I've learned a lot today, as I'm sure our listeners have. So thanks again. And uh, hopefully you can come back and uh, we can have some more conversations. That's it for today's episode of Low Fidelity. I'm your host, Rizwan Jarve Till next time, stay strong.